We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, barely well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Box Trotting the Get Down, White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. Freshly back from the city of Chicago. Gentlemen, we finally met in person. It's been 10 goddamn months. Dave, your face was as beautiful as I assumed it would be. David, how are you? It was a wild weekend. It seems like that we were just all together last night, but I had two days of hunting in between. Um, I'm exhausted, dude. It's That was... I didn't sleep at all. I ate like shit. And that was just a lot of emotions on a lot of different levels coming out, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, we can't glaze past this. Everybody, round of applause. Dave killed a fucking deer. Yeah. Let's go. Dave had a little drinking. Dave had a little charity. Yeah. Dave had a little murdering. Let's go. Hell of a weekend, man. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the fucking, I, I can't describe it. And I, I don't say that as like a weirdo hunter thing or whatever, but like, the whole it was an emotional just supercharge and once that, that wore off i like couldn't keep my eyes open oh like my God. Oh, it's a weird weird feeling it's like hunter gatherer instincts pop out and you how just long did you, how long were you out there for um probably about two and a half hours yeah two and a half hours and you're not allowed to you're only allowed to shoot 30 minutes past sunset which at the time it was 431 so we weren't allowed to shoot past 501 it was five o'clock on the d- on the dot when we saw the deer. So she's like, "You got ten seconds. You got ten seconds." Like it was it was wild. So you were out I there waiting for like two and a half hours, yeah? Yeah, and fucking freezing cold. But it was like it's like the calmest, most relaxing thing of all time. Jesus like you don't hear Christ. any cars, you don't hear any planes, you don't hear any people. You just hear nature, and it's really fucking cool. And I'm gonna fucking shoot Jesus that nature. Christ. <laughs> we're gonna get more into this later. I know we are, but just want to preface this by saying we had an amazing interview in person at Barstool Chicago while I was there. We have Andrew Barber from Fake Shore Drive on the podcast today. One of my favorite interviews we've ever done. The guy's an absolute fucking legend. Dante couldn't believe we actually got him, which we go over on the podcast. But uh, Dante, your impressions of the entire thing. It was an unbelievable interview. Yeah, it was awesome, man. I had no doubt uh, once you locked him up. I'm still really... I'm so appreciative that he took the time out to do it. Like I said, he's like one of the busiest guys I know. And he's talking to and working with way bigger media outlets than our podcast. Uh, No offense to us, (laughs) but uh, it just shows how Andrew's the fucking man that he, you know, took out. I mean, we had to reschedule because my flight got delayed. Um, you know, I think Dave was running late with another podcast. I mean, he came to the office, just hung out and chilled. And, you know, he took a lot of time out of his day to sit down and talk with us. And the interview couldn't have gone better. And we we, we go into his history. We fake sure drive the early days, him living a double life as a corporate schlub, then going and doing the fucking blog, then working with Chance, Chief Keith, fucking, we got Kanye stories. We have Virgil Abloh stories. It's an unbelievable interview. Stick around for that. It's coming up in a few minutes. I just real quick want to say, this was my first time in the city of Chicago. I had an amazing time. I fucking loved it. Somehow on all the tours that we've done, we've missed Chicago every time. And I mean, we can get into like what we did, but my first impression was I flew to the wrong airport in the city. Uh, and then took the train to Barstool's office. But before I did, I had to charge my phone. And I stopped in a fucking McDonald's. And the first thing I saw 
was a bloody homeless guy fight in the McDonald's, and I instantly knew I liked Chicago. So, uh, gentlemen, it was it was a great time. Kenny, we're glad you weren't there, dude. Honestly, the whole time we were just like, wow, this is so great. Kenny's not here today. So. Yeah, some of us have real jobs and recording studios to run. You know what I mean? Loser. To just party and fucking play with our friends <laughs> for our jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. But uh, before we go, was in like thirty different waters, and he made it. Yeah, that's true. Dante fucking made it, dude. I fucking drove home from Philly. We or from Chicago. Yeah, but to I don't Philly. try hard at anything. That's what you're fucking <laughs> forgetting. You know what I mean? Like you're like the cool kid in high school who never amounts to anything, but you were yo, fucking don't cool try. shit in high school, bro. <laughs> yeah, trying suckers. Are we talking about the the Weishfest now, or is that gonna be later in this? You know what? Let's save that for after because I want to expand on that a little bit. Let's just skip all let's skip everything. I think the people are ready for for the Andrew Barber interview. Let's go into our interview with Andrew Barber of Fake Shore Drive. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have a Chicago legend. The number one person I wanted to talk to in Chicago when I came in. The founder of Fake Shore Drive, Mr. Andrew Barber on the podcast. Hey, Andrew, how hey, are you, buddy? Hey. What's up? Dude, tell, s- him, tell him what I said when you proposed bringing him on here. I texted the group and I said, yo, I want Andrew Barber. And Dante was like, no fucking shot. No chance, <laughs> dude. He was like, nope, Come not going to happen. And I sent one DM, and he like, graciously got back busy. to me. Yeah. I was like, he's way too busy. Nah, dude. I'm, I don't bother I'm, him. You know, Dante, I'm surprised Dante didn't hit me. Dante's my guy. I mean, we're social media friends. We're not like best friends in real life. I know, but I didn't want to ask for a favor and put that on you. Oh, I know how busy you are. No, it's dude, insane. Like, well, I mean, I, I told Dante. I was like, Dante, I think we can do it, dude. I think we can make it happen. And I sent it in the group. I was like, yo, we got Andrew Barber. And he was like, <laughs> he just texts back fuck how and i was like dm bro simple dm but dude thank you for being it. here today oh, brother. No, thank you very much no for being no here. of course it's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure you know dude, I, mean, I saw the other ones they've been like via satellite zoom and everything this so. is the first time i've been doing this podcast with dave for 10 months and we've never met until yesterday yeah. wow <laughs> never that isn't that that's the crazy thing about the internet it's like yeah. best friends with people you don't it's the craziest know. thing about the pandemic like we yeah. legitimately had to do everything through zoom and i mean i met dante two weeks ago in tampa yeah. uh so like i'm kind of just like flying by the fucking seat of my pants over here but i was like if i'm gonna come into chicago and we've been talking so much about fucking blog era hip-hop and all this shit i need it from the horse's mouth i need andrew barber on the podcast and i can't thank you enough for being here today bro first off how are you oh, i'm good i'm good thank you running around like crazy i can't complain too much man you know good uh, man staying busy i i think to start out my first question is because you founded fake shore drive in 2007 correct did you think in 2021 it would still have impact man n- not really. No. I mean, I, I you know, I, it, people ask me that and you know, that 2007 seems like the dark ages, you know, internet, seriously, like, internet dude, world. like there was no Twitter. Then there was no, there's barely Facebook. You had to be in college. I think. To have oh Facebook my God. Still. It was still like the OG yeah. university it, Facebook. It was MySpace. It was like, it was Jesus. like hitting people up on MySpace, and like, oh my God. there was no, obviously no Instagram either. So it was such a different time, yeah. you know? Um, and I just started it as a hobby, right? Because I just, there was so much cool stuff happening in Chicago at that time in, in the music space that was not getting any coverage on the blog. Right. Other than like four artists, you know, those being Kanye, Common, Lupe, Twista. or Twista, right? Yeah. Those were like the four big ones. Yeah. And there was a lot of other cool stuff happening locally. And I was just doing it as a hobby. You know, I always wanted to work in the music business. Right. Um, but being in the Midwest is not necessarily like an easy way to get into it. And oh. it's not like it is now. Like, you can do whatever you want. Wherever you want. You can do anything you want now, but... It was not a reality. I mean, that was legitimately what we were saying. Like, I, we've been doing this via satellite from Philly, L.A., and Chicago. We've run 50 episodes of a podcast. Like, back then, that <laughs> shit wasn't going to happen. But no. 
I mean, so give me the early days because we're going to get into what's going on today. But sure. 2007, where are you? Working a corporate job. Um, that was cool. I mean, it was it was it, it was it was nice. You know, I learned uh, like structure, getting up every morning, working, and you know, I had to wear a suit every day. Uh, not every day, but most days. But like, you know, um, you get up, live that life, and then I was living another life at night. So like, once I got done with my corporate job, oh. I'm going out to concerts, events. You know, you, yeah, it sucked. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm living. I'm totally living a double life. I'm like, in the middle of a double life. Sleep at night. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's doubly hard here because. Places are open till four in the morning here, dude. I noticed that the venue tonight's open till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm from dude. Philly, two o'clock hard shut off, dude. So yeah. like, and you're going to shows. These guys aren't going on till one in the morning, right? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. By the time they hit the stage, you get to get to see a couple songs, and it's like, dude, I gotta yeah. go. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and then you're dragging your ass into the office the next day, smelling like booze, looking yep. like shit. It's tough. Yeah. So how many tough. years were you doing that? Um, I did that for probably the first four four years. Jesus, I was doing that. I had to get to a certain point where I could, because like, dude, I, eventually, like, obviously, people, everybody figured out how to make money from blogs, and yeah. you know, I, I didn't get into it to make money. I just got into it because I loved it and it was a hobby. Right. It wasn't really a viable career path at the time. I didn't think there was any way that I would, you know, could turn this into like a real like career. And it I mean, was, it makes me laugh because I was the one that put the impetus behind doing this, and I found you in Philly, like in high school and shit, and mm. Bakeshore Drive influence so much on me like to look at what it's done in 2021 like it's such a fucking legendary brand it's so much had happened but to start out were you like doing it from your cubicle like, oh yeah dude i was totally i was, I was dude and i and i, I was working uh for a, a fox owned company uh national geographic channel slash fx <laughs> network so i was working for those two um and I was completely running the blog like from my desk during the day. Jesus. Like I was, and I can't believe they never caught me. Like, dude, I had to. What well, do you remember this? Maybe you had to use this because, uh, like, they blocked WordPress for a minute. I don't know why it was blocked. It was only like for a few months, and yeah. they brought it back. But it was like this connect to my PC, and you could like download a program. You could go through a portal of like a web page, and you could log into your computer at home. So you were working from your computer at home. At home from oh, work. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? I know what you're you guys about, know what? Yeah. Oh my god! It was like a hundred. <laughs> so if you call like customer service and you fuck something up, they can tap into your yeah. computer sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's like saying I forget the what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Exactly it what was like connect to my and I was I was doing that for a while. I mean, whatever I had to do because at that point, um, in um, you know, hip hop blogging, music blogging, it was all about who's first, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're not first, you're last. Like yep. it's like if you have an exclusive song, you got to get it up right then. If video drops, you got to get it up right then. I mean, yeah. that was a it was a race for content, so I had to be on it, you know, and and that was like, that was a rough time. But Just in your suit at work, connecting to your computer at home, trying to blog the latest Twister song, like exactly. And and I started getting phone calls from like different people. They'd be like, MTV might call me, and they'd be like, Hey, we need you to come. Can you come be on this mixtape panel, mixtape of the year panel? It's like. Listen, I really can't. I got this job, <laughs> you know, and it was like it, it was it was difficult. So I had to go through that and like turn a lot of stuff down um, because I had to work the job, you know. Dude, that's literally where I am right now. Uh, up until two weeks ago, I was working a different job, and I would sneak out at lunch and go home and, and record, fucking right. record with you guys, and then sneak <laughs> back out. Like you say, double life, and I'm living it right now, like legitimately yeah. living it. And I like, have you quit your job yet, or is it? 
Uh, it was a mutual parting of ways. Okay. So, yeah. So that's over with. So the job's over with. It's over with. But I'm so still... now do you feel guilty? You feel guilty with all this probably free time. No, I mean, I'm still bartending in multiple places. So, like, I love how I could go with the full rock star persona and be like, no, 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 I'm just playing shows. Listen, it's it's co- it's Corona world. Like, I'm still not back to playing shows. Like, I'm still whipping drinks every once in a while. Like, got to yeah. make ends meet. But, yeah. like, I know that double life game. Dante, you live, like, 12 lives, so I don't even know. Yeah, like, this what? guy's always talking about me. This guy's always somewhere doing something. But... I don't know. I, I have, I have like free. I have like freedom over stuff. I don't have that many like obligations. Um, I mean, you're like, you're a Grammy judge yeah. now. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I've, I've been on. I was on the Grammy board uh, ten years. I had. To, I'm termed off now um, because I did. Te- I did a decade. After ten years, you got to. You got to. Oh, I didn't know. Take that. a break. So, were you yes. a Grammy voter? See, I can't vote. Oh. I've been on the board. I was a head of membership in Chicago. I was a secretary. That's as high as I could go because I'm not. A voting member seat to be a voting member of the Grammys. And there's so many questions and misconceptions about the Grammys and like what they do and other things that they do besides just the award show because they have music cares and things like that. Right. Which I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Takes care of artists, DJs, whatever. Like somebody's on hard times, like they'll take care of you. Oh, that's sick. People, it, it's a really good thing. But um, to vote, you actually have to be an artist or have music credit. No shit. I don't, which I don't have. I came in as a journalist, blogger, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I have to abide by that even though i've done management i think some managers can vote but like you typically have to be an engineer right uh, a music producer a songwriter um you know you have to be um, an actual performing person to vote would you want that responsibility though of having to vote for the grammys yes really crazy that i can't vote yeah it's crazy we need to be able to we need to start a campaign yeah dante could you vote yes i didn't know that i never knew that until right now you could be a member i thought it was like an academy of you know friends of friends. I had yeah. no idea. No, nah, dude, anybody can join. That's a, no I mean, shit. If you're um, if you work in the music space, yeah. Now you have to be nominated. Every every person gets two nominations. Mm. Every member gets two nominations a year. Um, but yeah, it's not. I think people feel like you ha- think it's like you have to be invited to it, and. That's a, that's just part of the misconceptions of it. There's a lot of misconceptions about the Grammys, or maybe they're not misconceptions, but there's a lot of shit talked about the Grammys. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much like in the industry every year, people complain about like who won this, the nominees for this. But I think that's just award shows in general. I mean, I've, yeah, in general, in general. But well, I think they don't. A lot of people don't know that of peers, their peers vote for who wins. Like, it's not somebody picks the award. See, I didn't know that it's actually. A voting. It, people vote on it, and you're only as good as your voting body, right? Yeah. So if there's no like people complain about, um, you know, hip hop who wins this and that, but it's like if people in hip hop aren't signed up to be voting members, yeah. And when the the ballots come, and they don't vote. That's how you end up with typically like the most popular person winning because somebody that is a classical, you know, artist that makes or you know plays jazz, they just see the biggest name, right? right. And they're like, oh yeah, Eminem. Or oh, Macklemore had a great year. Right, Let's give right. it to him. So. Or Jay Z. You know, whoever's yeah. the biggest artist is it's usually, and maybe they don't deserve it that year. I feel like they got it right this year with the five nominees, though. Like I feel like for for like hip hop album of the year, I I like what they did. And they're, of course, they're all like brand name artists, but um, I feel like at least they got like Tyler being in there. Like I, yeah. I'm really happy about that. But definitely. So let's take it back. So you're working from your office. Yeah. Who's the first artist that really kind of put you on? Like, who was the person that kind of, like, got you out there enough to say, like, okay, Fake Shore Drive's a thing? Um, you know, there was a lot that were, that you maybe, I mean, you're probably looking for a bigger name. Probably Twista. Twista. Like, out of the bigger artists from Chicago, he was one of the first people to embrace me. He gave me an interview super early. Yeah. Uh, no ID, the producer. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he embraced me. Trackster, legendary Trackster, who 
um, produced a lot of the uh, um, stuff for Twista. Bump J, if you know who Bump J is. Oh, free Bump J. Yeah, Bump yeah. J, he's free now, but Bump, Bump J and the Goon Squad yeah. were probably the first people to embrace me, him and his brother Shake, and Shake works for The weekend now. And, oh, shit. And, 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 the, and the whole XO crew, he's part of that in L.A. now. But, yeah, they, they, they were just happened to find me. They, I think they had Googled Bump J, and they found it. And, <laughs> just searching his own name? And I met Shake, and, yeah, they were. And they were vanity searching, right? I mean, we've all done it. So, all uh, the time. Right? But um, they opened up a lot of doors to me where I, where I was able to meet people. And it's like you meet one person, they introduce you to another. Um, and then, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're, you're moving. Dude, that's awesome. So what was the point where you decided, all right, I have to go all in on this and quit the day job and um, really go after it? It was 10 – okay, so it was 10 years ago in May. Was wow. This past May, I've been doing it full time uh, for ten years. I was close to where I had like a number in my head. Okay, if I can make because I I did the blog for years without making any money. Right. Like you know, I was on Blogspot. Um, this is before yeah, I joined. Comp- yeah. Right. It was a yeah, Blogspot. Yeah. It was a blog. Excuse me, Blogspot. And then eventually, I moved over to WordPress, and mm-hmm. you know, I had different people helping me out, and 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 you know, doing the because I don't know how to code or do yeah. that behind right. the scenes stuff. Right. So. Um, Eventually, I got to like started making some money. And I got to a, a point uh, I was close to, and my wife, she was my. Now we weren't married at the time, but she was like, "All right, you're close. Like, you got to go. You got to do it. If you don't do it now, you'll, you're never gonna do it. Like, you're gonna get too old. You're gonna get too scared, or whatever." That's such a beautiful thing, though, dude. Yeah, I love that. yeah. yeah. And she was like, "Look, if you fail, I got you. I can. We'll figure it out. But oh. if you just gotta, she had my back. I that, love that. I mean, that. That's, that's a great wife. Yeah, that is a great yeah, wife. She's had my back the whole time, and she's the one that really pushed me." To do it because it's scary to jump out there. And Hell yeah, it's terrifying. Right? Yeah, the the safety net of a check every two weeks is like the biggest trap it's in the it's world. A fucking, a heartbeat. Yeah, uh, and it, it's I'm terrifying to walk away from. It's terrifying to walk away from that and it is. have to hustle to make your own money. But I mean, so in those days, were you just? I mean, were you making money on like Google AdWords? A little bit on there, and I was freelancing. Like I was doing anything. Really? Like anything to, to just try to like so you know I I, I struck up a friendship with like uh, uh, Noah Callahan Bever at, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Complex who was like the editor in chief there so he started throwing me work and like oh, hey nice. you want to write this top fifty Chicago rap songs of all time list so I started doing stuff like that different publications started reaching out to have me freelance nice and then you know I, I started doing little stuff here and there started doing little shows concerts just different ways you know it's like still it's like you got to have ten. 10 jobs for one salary, yep. right? It's like to work in music, um, it's a constant. You got to have a lot of different balls in the air. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's how I learned. So it was like, it was a big change going from, you know, that constant paycheck every week or two weeks, whatever it is, healthcare, yep. 401k, <laughs> all that stuff that you give up. Yep. But, um, now, once your, once your brand and your name started getting out there or more people were reaching out to you, did any like uh, the complex editing, they, I mean, Um, I mean, yes, yes and no. Um, there were people would say you should come, you know, do this, but I kind of like the freedom of doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, and it was like, if somebody, uh, of course had made some crazy offer, like that I couldn't refuse, I probably would have considered it. But like, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think sometimes being in Chicago is kind of like you're on an Island, mm. you know, I think it's better now. Yeah. Um, but back then, for me, Franklin Mills Mall. Okay, right. So I, you saw that. I told these guys. So I'm in. I'm at Loyola. I'm in college, and 
that I Am Kanye West CD comes out or the mixtape comes out. And everybody thought some of them were misprinted. Some oh, of them God. thought his name was Kane. Yeah. Yeah. K A Y. People didn't know. And my friends out east, fuck it. They, was it on that piff? I think it was on that. Did that piff exist at that time? That, not yet. I don't think that somehow, piff came a few years Somehow ago. it got out east. Yeah, you could download them online. Like they were, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. to be good and at the internet. Yeah. Just like, bro, have you heard this Kane West guy? Oh, God. <laughs> So like that, he was that obscure. Yeah, and then it was like a rocket. Show. He has a rap line about. I was just gonna it say like, it's diamonds. Pla- yeah, yeah. My pla- my plaques still say Kane. Some dude. of my plaques I still say yeah. Kane. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, I mean, to, like Kanye's the one person we've talked at the most length about. But like, who who do you feel like from your own perspective in the Fake Shore Drive world? that you guys had the biggest hand in kind of shining light on? Is there one artist that like, you can look back on the jettison to the forefront that you felt like you were the earliest on? You know, I, I, I would say, well, you know, Fake Shore Drive doesn't happen without, like, Lupe, Food and Liquor. Right. And, and that whole thing. Like, that really, but it was the cool kids that really inspired it. When I saw cool what kids, the cool man. kids were doing, I'm like, yo, these guys... I, I watched that whole thing happen, and they, they really inspired me. That's why I go out of my way to always show those dudes love, and whatever I can do for the cool kids, I always will, because that is what, cause th- that's what really inspired me to do it, because they were doing these shows, and there would be a line like two blocks down the street at a bar, at, like a, at a hole-in-the-wall bar to see the cool kids, and nobody was covering them. Nobody outside of Chicago really knew about them. I mean, like certain DJs did A-Track, Diplo, people like that, knew about them and were like, would 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 work with them when they would come in town and bring them out. But, you know, the, the the it rappers on the blogs of the world, they do a show at the House of Blues that might be half full. But the cool kids were selling stuff out and had lines down the street. So, like, being able to be a part of that and see the way that they influence culture and they influence, um, you know, a whole – they've influenced generations of people now. Like the, But probably the thing that I was the most hands-on with would be, like, obviously the, the Chief Keefs, the King Louie, the Dirks. But then, of course, like Vic Mensa and Chance. I mean, Chance. Ugh. I was there for the from from the beginning with Chance too. Was watching him just take over the world, like going from Ten Day to Acid Rap to Coloring Book. Like, it seems like it was so freaking fast. Like it just like it was it was astronomical. Like it was fucking crazy. Like what was it like to be on the ground level of that? And it was the most. It was like the most amazing thing ever. We thanked me at the Grammys. You know, when he won his first Grammy. He shouted me out. Wow. Like, and the crowd, because we were going crazy when he won. And he shouted me out. I was like, yo, Andrew Barber. And that was like the most, that was like the best, one of the best moments of my life. I like have that, to go back and rewatch you know I mean? that video like, now. It's awesome. on my Instagram. You got to go back. It's just been like almost five years. I mean, that shit was almost five years. I know. Now. It's so but crazy. But like, dude, I was like so overcome with joy and emotion, even if he didn't do that, yeah. which was, it was dope. And I think I'm, I'm forever indebted for him to do that, you know, but like, it was, I was just so overcome to, all right, here's a guy that I knew. You know, I'd dr- I would drive him to the train, and, and, and he would come to my office, and we, we did his first, you know, album listening party and all this different stuff. And to go from that in, like, in, in three, four years, five years or whatever, this man's on the stage winning three Grammys. It's like, insane, dude. So it's, it's crazy. Like, you're like, you're like, I'm, I'm finally did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, w- I would. Awesome. Jesus, man. That's got to be such a cool Dude, so he... You, I mean, these guys are in the clubs all the time, right? And when no one knows who it is, seeing them just, you know, be normal people and hang out, no one bothers them. And then fast forward a few years later and, like, the mob scene. Yeah. It's a legit mob it's scene. It's like, 
it's like acid rap happens and snap of a finger. It's like overnight. This guy's like you said, he's in the, he's got, him and his buddies are chilling. They're known. Some people know him, but like probably in the rap scene. Yeah. Then next thing you know, six weeks after that, he can't even go anywhere. He's yeah. walking through. He's got, he's like parting the Red Sea when he walks through and everybody's just following. Dude, I was at Adelina the other night eating dinner and uh, him and his wife came in. And before he came in, these three monsters walked in and like did a sweep of the restaurant. Just big security guys. They did, a, <laughs> they did a sweep of the restaurant. I turned to my fiance. I was like, someone's coming in here big. And then they went back out and we're like, all right, everything's okay. And then Chance comes through That's and me. everyone in the restaurant's Dude, like, nuts. oh my God, Chance Rap. Dude, I still here. remember when, so Acid Rap dropped and it was huge on the Dap Hip world, the, the blogs. And then Drake dropped that line in draft day, said like, if I would have picked a name like Chance the Rapper. And I was like, what the fuck? fuck and then after that it was like people started to like around where i'm from we're like who the fuck is chance the rapper and i was yeah. like you don't know acid rap but like to watch coloring book happen and then he's the headlining made in america down the street from my house like it was fucking insane i just can't imagine to feel somewhat a part of that like mm -hmm. and of course the shout out at the grammys is fucking insane dude that was like one of the you know greatest moments of my career what without a doubt i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know if you can um, you know, I, I managed know. Valet. I got a gold record out of that. That was cool. What do like, you? That was, that are, was do you manage Valet? I was, I was yeah. gonna say you're in management now. So, yeah. well, not, that's the only person I manage. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'll manage anybody else. Dude, we'll what's your affiliation with like Rocky? Uh, ASAP Rocky? No, Rocky, Rocky, Fresh? Like Rocky Fresh. Rocky Fresh. Oh, um, I thought dude. you. I thought you repped him. No, no, uh -uh, he's just a homie. I've no. known, and that's another. I've known Rocky from. When he was a young dude and watched him come up and go to MMG. I watched everybody bidding with, you know, he had a bidding war after him, like MMG. I only know him he, through, yeah. through you. He was an early, he was an early guy to fake short drive. Rocky's a great dude, you know? Uh, but no, I've never, I've never represented him on, on anything like so that. So how did the Valley thing come about? Um, I just heard him on accident one day. I, I had heard one of his songs called Shell on accident. It came on my auto replay. Usually I, I turn my auto replay off YouTube. Cause I hate it when they just start playing other stuff when a video's over. Yeah. yeah. And one day that was on it. I think I'd restarted my computer, or whatever. And um, when his songs came on, and we had been posting them, but it, uh, a guy that I worked with me forever, Ty, uh, Ty Howard, um, had posted it. He was the one that um, had been posting it. So like I'd heard his name and I'd seen his name, but I wasn't super familiar with his music. And I probably tried to listen to it, and maybe it didn't click. Sometimes you just got to hear stuff in the right setting. Well, and especially yeah, something as yeah. unique, like when you hear like like womp womp and stuff like that like the flow is just different it's, yeah. it's something it probably does take a few listens and you're like this is fucking genius mm -hmm. yeah i think and i think um i just heard it and i'm like this is different and i just went and i and i looked i i uh looked at all his videos i listened to every he had like four mixtapes on soundcloud and i just went and listened to everything yeah and I, and I watched everything i'm like oh this is most this is super unique if i haven't heard anything like it and i reached out to him and you know he was super cool, but in the conversation was so different than what I usually have with, with a recording artist or whatever. And he's like, Hey man, uh, you know, if you ever need like a bar for your house or, or something like that, like I build stuff. So like, <laughs> swear to God. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I love this guy. This guy is, oh, I, I'm love like, I build stuff. Now. I'm like, yo, this guy. And he's like, his he's, brain was just different. Cause he builds stuff. He can work on cars. He can, he can do electric work. He can, hang drywall he can he can pull he can put like a he has like a fish tank in his wall at his house he can cut your your car uh to put bigger rims on it he can <laughs> um 
Damn, dude. Did he ever wind up fixing anything in your house? No, I never did. No. I was like, no, nah, dude, it's okay. Stop doing that and make yeah. more. You got, let's do more music. Yeah, make more music for me. And then but we'll he talk. can do that. He's like, I, he's like, I just, and he was just going on. He didn't even want to talk about the music. He wanted to talk about this bar that he just built his mom. He's like, I just built my mom. And I actually saw the bar. It was really good. I love hearing stories like that. Yeah. Because, like, usually it's like when I have a conversation, it's like, oh, can, when can we meet? When can we do this? When can, yeah, what yeah, can yeah. you do for what me? What can you now? do for what, me? Boom, boom, boom. But he was just like, hey, man, if you ever need, like, some work done at your house or, like, you want to, like, yeah, I'll make you fucking He's like, I build ponds. Like, I was like, yo, this dude is different. And I also rap. Like, I love that. Like, it was like the afterthought of the conversation. Yeah. And that's what I'm always like, you know, I'm from the era of, characters or yeah. just where every artist is different has their own thing their own unique sound and look and style and they do this and they do that like i think that's part of what's missing in all music well, yeah i mean just, i think just all so, so I'm, I'm glad we segued into this because i'm starting to feel like an old man now yeah and i'm wondering <laughs> is it is it because we're fucking old or is it because things aren't even close to how they used to be and it it feels like what you just said it feels like there used to be characters and everyone had a style and everybody had a personality and now it's just well now everybody's weird right because mm. like it used to be if an art like if a rapper was like weird or whatever it was like oh this guy's way different yeah he's super weird now it's kind of like all right everybody's weird now everybody yes. like has their their thing and it's like i feel like and maybe i think part of it is age but it's not all of it certainly right because you're you're younger right what do you think do you think there's I think it's some, maybe it's better to ask somebody who's younger. Well, than so us. we had this conversation on the podcast recently, and there was that string like a couple weeks ago where it was like three different classic mixtapes wound up coming onto Spotify. So it was like ASAP, um, and there was like there was like two other oh faces by Mac Miller, and then like, and I was saying like, why are people so fervently reaching back for these mixtapes that are available other places, but now they're just more readily available? Right. And I said, was that like? 09 to like 2013 era the last era of like music that isn't skippable you know what i mean because like i we even said on the podcast recently like i love future future put out his record last year and a week later i was like dude i wonder where we're gonna get new future yeah. like i think we're our brains are different now our brains are completely we, different. Now. i don't even know if it's the music necessarily but our brains and how we consume music are so much different than they were 10 years ago and I think it's it's on us, but it's also, of course, on the artists as well. But there's good shit. You just got to dive in and right. try and find There's it. still a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. And I look for that, but it it's just not the most popular of course. stuff. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah. What, I think that's where the issue comes. It's like, all right, I like it, but not everybody else likes it. Right. And once everybody else likes it, then people are like. Well, so why do you think music has such a short shelf life nowadays? Because it, it's, it's just so fast. Yeah. It's, you're bombarded, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, it really I mean, is. What is it? There's sixty thousand songs released a, a day. day. Is it a day yeah, or a it's week? It's a day. It's a day. That's a lot. It's fucking ridiculous. There, okay, so you go back fifteen, even ten years ago, fifteen years ago, there was a finite amount of like famous people right, in yeah. the world. There was a finite amount of celebrities or podcast, not even podcasters, but sports people or yeah. uh, you, you knew who it was. Now there's like so many different ways uh, to you know take a bite of the apple it's right. like there's people on instagram who are famous that have like four hundred thousand. you never heard of this person but they have a huge following on instagram you don't know who they are there's tiktok people there's just so many there's so much stuff coming and it's like everybody's just everybody's just trying to you know it's a rat race so everybody's like putting out stuff people put out an album comes out on friday 
by Monday, people are done talking about it. That's what I'm saying. And like, even like, and I feel bad for the artists because they put in a lot of time and effort into this music, and it's disposable. We had a big conversation when that J. Cole album came out. And I, I very vividly remember this. I was so upset because it was like the next week. And I was sitting there, and the week before, we had had like a half an hour conversation about why I love the offseason so much. And we sat down the next week, and I was talking to you and Kenny, and I said, guys, remember that J. Cole album I love so much? I don't give a fuck about it anymore. And I was like, <laughs> why? Why can I not focus on a great piece of art for more than a week? Why is that? And I think it's literally just like we have been bombarded with so much shit. And that bums me out because there is so much good shit out there. And sifting through it. And then you have to depend on the DSPs to show you what you should be listening to. And it's like, it's almost like there was this death of underground hip hop in a way because now hip hop's so commercialized. There, there's, it feels like there's such a gap though. And again, I'm not trying to talk from a DJ perspective, but it, it's a unique perspective. No, I, I, I like to hear that. Yeah. I have, I have my pulse on, I can see reactions in real time. So there is this huge gap between the Biggie and Tupac era and the current era yeah. where like you're either playing stuff that's brand new and you know on the charts at the time that everybody knows and has on their fucking Spotify playlist or you're playing stuff you know you're playing Hypnotize or California Mo Love. money mo problems that stuff still has that stuff still has staying power. Yeah. It doesn't it's not going anywhere. No, Dude, it and, still works. These records still work. Yeah. Are the stuff that's and I often wonder this too, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think about the same thing. Is the stuff that it, you don't really hear stuff that maybe came out five years ago. Nope, dude. That's a great but song. but I think this all the time. I'm like, the stuff that's hot as fuck right now. Are we even gonna remember it five ten years from now? Like, I'm never gonna. Pl- if I'm DJing by then, shoot me. But if <laughs> I'm still DJing, if I'm still DJing, I'm never gonna play this fucking Migos song. Like, I'm, it's never going to be heard of ever again. It's like here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, and that that to me is why I had that conversation a couple weeks ago about like why blogging or rap, like that specific area of time might be the last great period Dude, where we remember things. Best. And it was the best. There were so many, the mixtape game, there were songs on like K-Slay mixtapes and Who all kid? these bootlegs that were, smashes but they couldn't be released because they didn't get cleared mm-hmm. so they were only on mixtapes and no one's ever heard them yeah because you know, cause they're, they're dead now yeah and that's why i think that people celebrate these you know uh mac miller projects or whatever going to dsps or the asap rocky because it, a lot of the stuff will be lost to history forever yeah right? because it never you know they just existed on dat piff or yep. live mixtapes or a blog like a you send it link or whatever yep. you know mega upload mega you know? upload you holy know? shit um that was the best hey dude it bums me out. there th- i do get mad though when i go to look for like rare chandeliers or like these early bronson projects and mm. stuff like that and i got to dig in somewhere to find it or play it off fucking youtube like it, i am glad to see these classic hip hop mixtapes getting put on and i hate when you say that like People are like, well, you should have just had it on your own computer. But it's like, dude, maybe I want to listen to it when I'm driving. Yeah, what the a, fuck? At a point where, like, I'm not at my computer and I want to be able to listen to yeah. it. And I necessarily can't, you know? And, and it's, it's it's important for generations to come and, and for posterity. Yeah. Maybe they'll care, maybe they won't. But I, I, I like it to be available. We just shit on a bunch of new stuff. But, like, what is there new today <laughs> that you are interested in? Like, what what's in a rotation for you right now? Um, new people that I like. Probably my, you know, who I really like is uh, Pink Sifu. If you've ever heard of, him. I haven't heard of him yet. He, he his project Gumbo is one of my favorites. 
um, of the year for sure. Um, Where's he out of? He is from Cincinnati, but he's kind of like from oh, all over. He's real dope. Nice. Like, I, I think his music is like super. It's there. He's got like because he's from the Midwest. He also lived in the South, so it has a lot of different elements. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like um the Bruiser Brigade, which is Danny Brown. Danny crew. Brown's people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Bruiser Wolf and Jus and Fat Ray. Um, you know, stuff like that is yeah. is, is, is is probably what I've been playing the most this year. Makami. Yes. Um, so I, you're all over the Griselda camp. Yeah, I like I like Griselda a lot. I really like Makami. Um, Dude, his that, project. That crew is so good. Yeah. Man. Right. So I I'm, so I good. love them. I like like Rock Marciano. Um, you know, uh, Boldy James. Yeah. Um, so the, all the Alchemist projects, love, like, yeah, oh my god, it's fucking stuff, outstanding, right? dude. Yeah. I just watched it. it. Was a really great uh, interview with Alchemist, and it was like 45 minutes to talk about his process. Is that the one they did with Noah? Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what it was. Dude, that might be the best Alchemist interview. It's fucking incredible, dude, dude. He's on. He's on a whole different level, man. That's someone who I would like to sit down and just ask questions about records he sampled. Like, how did you pull this? Where did you fucking get this from? How do you do this? And I mean, like, the stuff he's doing with Gibbs now is incredible. Mm -hmm. But the Boldy James records are amazing. And I don't know. I, I love that motherfucker. Gibbs is somebody else that I knew from since 09. Really? Yeah. So pri is that pre? Um, would you say that's pre-Jeezy? Oh, for sure. That was like three years before Jeezy. Jesus. Like, I had to sneak Gibbs in to a cool kid's. Uh, Bun B show at Reggie's. What? They let I was on the list, but he they didn't know him at the time. They wouldn't let him backstage. They were letting me backstage. I'm like, no, trust me. Let <laughs> this guy backstage. He wants to meet the cool kids and whoever else. And they were like, nah, man, we don't know this guy. We can't let him back there. This random guy like, from Gary, Indiana. And then like nine months later, he was on the double XL freshman cover. Yeah. But that's how long I've known Freddie. So Freddie and I go back. So I've literally watched his career uh, blossom. Awesome. And I and you know, just to see him at Lollapalooza, I linked up with him before he went on stage at Lala oh this year to God. see how big the crowd was for him. And it was like, he's done, that felt good. He shouted me out on stage there. Did he? He thanked, he thanked me on stage, which I thought was really, which was really dope. And it's just cool to see, especially somebody, because Gibbs is like my age, right? Um, and he stuck with it. It wasn't yeah. an easy thing for him. He just loves rap. He loves to rap and he wanted to make it work. And he had a bunch of pitfalls and Bad stuff happened in his yeah, career. Yeah, crazy shit. But he worked through it, and he he figured it out on his own terms. You Thank know? God for Mad Lib, dude. That Mad Lib, the Mad Lib class. Because you, because it's your thing. Dante, it's like Dante. What? How much uh, alert do you guys sell? Uh, not as much as you would think, but it it <laughs> sells better than some other stuff. You know what it's like? Uh Colin, do you guys have what's like Philly's? Like Boston's is Dr. McGillicuddy's. Like that's like uh, yeah, 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 like yeah. a big no, Boston no, thing. Oh. But that, but that's actually really good. Like I what? love Rumpelman's. What's a Philly shot? Like it's not like a liquor thing because it's like Yingling here. Is our oh here's ours, Twisted Tea. If you look at the map in the United States of where they sell Twisted Tea. Everywhere else in the country is like white, and then the red hot center is Northeast Philadelphia. You're missing the point by like. Wow, mile right now. Twisted Tea's good. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. But like, if you look at like my wedding pictures, every picture, everybody has a tea in their hand. And the weird thing is, it's only Twisted Tea light. Nobody drinks the regular tea. It's right. tea but lights. like, what is like the initial like to initiate you or welcome you to Chicago? Like, Dave, what's the term called? Where it's like a old style and a malort. Oh, like a. Uh, Chicago handshake. Hand yeah, so yeah. like that, that's like a like in Philly, they're called citywides. 
citywide special. It's a shot and a beer, but it's like at bars have citywide specials. That would be what I would say Philly's thing is. So you walk in, you say, yo, let me get a citywide and they'll give you a yingling and a shot of Jack. Like that's what we do. But we don't have a specific liquor. I would say that was like Philly's liquor. The weirdest shit we do is like yingling is Philly's beer, but I would say twisted tea would be the weirdest shit that that's like a baptism in Philadelphia. Kenny, what's a Florida thing? It's like yeah. a fucking nothing besides tall boy PBRs, man. Really? That's about <laughs> it. Like if you're hipster, that's it. Or like Bud Light tall boys. That's about yo, it. We do have forties there. Speaking of hipsters, yo, what's up with Chicago and hipsters? Yo, I've seen so many fucking hipsters. What, what do you guys? Yeah. Why you, you don't beat them up? Like you don't beat nerds Chicago up? Chicago doesn't like, really seem like a big hipster spot to me. Yo, I was on the fucking train coming in. And it was like, oh, that's yes, that yes, yes, yes. Where where you were going through? That's our hipster neighborhood. Yo, but I was. That's why you were on the train. That's why I, I was, was about to blue line going through Logan. That's what he was yeah. doing. Dog, there was oh, mad, yeah. there was mad nerds on there who like looked like they were definitely suburban, but like, dude, you're the fucking nerd to them. Yo, guess what, dude? Come fucking see me. I know they probably think I'm a yeah. Let let them find out that I, I'm working with everybody from Barstool. They'd be like, ugh, gross mustache. Yo, I I would give that motherfucker a wedgie. Like that's it. <laughs> I would wear your a- non-prescription glasses. Yeah, exactly. I'm sitting there at a, a baseball hat on. They're like, Ugh, it's not even ironic. What are you doing, uh, Dave? Who's off your list? Um. Oh yeah, anti-hunting Twitter. Holy. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I bet you went off, huh? <laughs> like everyone, all they'll preface it by saying, "I'm not a vegetarian and I eat meat," but it's like, dude. But if what? you just take one second to fucking think about it, 95% chance that fucking burger you're eating is from a farm-raised cow that lived a miserable existence that was off to the slaughterhouse, same with any pig or chicken or anything. Yep. And they all just lived miserably. I shot a fucking deer legally. I, I'm eating every ounce of it, and that deer lived a million times better life and died a fucking instant death. Like, what are we talking about here? People have, been, people have been killing animals since the beginning of time. I don't I don't hunt, but I sure as fuck don't hate on anybody who does. Do your thing. It's just not my thing. But I'm like, not if you're, out there trophy hunting or just taking... Yeah, there's a, a, there's a difference for me. I hate trophy hunters, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, same. yeah. Well, if you're shooting you're like, gonna, a, like an yeah, elephant or some gonna, shit like you're that. Gonna eat, and Dave's actually hooking me up with some meat, right, Dave? Yeah, it's on Chief's deck. <laughs> yeah, better, not be, better not be rancid, bro. It's not. We we took care of it. Don't worry. How'd you take care of it? Do a little salt on it. Well, yeah, like exactly. Ten de- it's like 10 degrees out in yeah, Chicago right now. Yeah, it's fucking So here's the thing, though. Like, the, all, all these fucking anti-hunting uh, Twitter assholes that are, they're not vegetarians, but they still eat meat. Like, them guys coming at me, that just makes me dig my heels, like, deeper into the fucking thing. So now it's like, I want to get duck. I want to get geese. I want to get bobcat, coyote. Human. kill it all. And just like fucking like Rocky Balboa with ARs and shit. Like Don't that's kill what, a cat. Don't kill a cat. Are you a cat guy, Dante? No, they're fucking. They got a Cats and dogs life. are off limits. Squirrels oh, off limits. Great. Yeah. Yo, you people hunt limits. squirrels and shit. I'll shoot a fucking turkey in its face or stab a turtle <laughs> right through its fucking shell. But yeah, there's some animals that are off limits. Did you just say you'd stab a turtle through its shell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, turtle suit, man. That's a big Florida thing. Fucking Dude, frog legs. You are way more of a hick than I give you credit for, bro. Oh, you have no idea, it's man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Dave, it's I agree. Like, I, I 
never had turtle or frog or anything. I had turtle before. Really. I had snapper soup before. It was good. You had gator tail? I had uh, I had frog and gator in Louisiana. There you go. That's a place to oh, get yeah. it. Yeah, me and Kenny are going to go to Florida one time and just start murdering random animals. Like, not even, like, <laughs> just walk into a bog and see what happens. Uh, Kenny, who's off your list? Uh, I didn't really – I wasn't that pissed off this week, so I didn't have that much stuff to say. But I will say that recently, for some reason, people have been sending me uh, Instagram videos of, like, Instagram DJs. Like, here's the thing, right? Like, everybody – a lot of people can have a problem with, with DJs just in general – really until they see a good one and then that kind of changes their mind. Yo, Instagram DJs, like, grow the fuck up. Like, it's the way he's, like, wearing a mask and I got a hoodie and I'm like, it's like this because I don't ever have the sound on my phone, so it's just like this. <laughs> Hang on, let me turn this fucking knob and then back to nothing. What's an Instagram DJ? Like, he's just on there. People who don't, who don't DJ shows, they just, like, said they stream themselves, like, DJing a set or whatever with like cool rope lights behind them. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Or you're like Dante, as a DJ, do you find those people offensive? No, I know who he's talking about. There's this guy, <laughs> I think it's like like Sick X or yeah, 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 yeah. Who went fucking ham viral uh over COVID. The Michael Jackson, uh yeah. what was it? Oh, Phil Collins mashup. Like the mashup yeah. was tight, but it just it started going deep on my scrolls of just like not good. Yeah. Instagram DJs. I'm like he's doing shows now. He's he's getting booked at uh, some venues I know and have played at, and I'm interested to see if it translates live. I'm sure it's all you know. And that said, though, when you get people like Mark Ribelay, right? But that's slightly different because that's live looping, right? Like there's there's some there's some nuances between it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that is a dream guest of mine for the podcast. Ribelay. Ribelay. I don't even know like what I would do. Like I-, I watched so many hours that dude during COVID in his fucking underwear in his apartment, just like rapping about. Bro, f- I recently found videos of him when he first started live looping, doing the like, funniest thing shops. The and, funniest like, thing I've ever seen. And like, dude, it's like, yo, your booty, booty, rock a booty, booty, got a booty. Got. You're like, what? Yo, this is. So he was in a brewery with a fucking baby stroller in there, yeah. and he was. You guys, you guys want to see someone that's like on a whole different level? Look up this ape drums guy. Ape oh, I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. Yeah, I haven't yet. I'm gonna watch it. One of the good yeah. ones I recently started following is Trizzy Track. That dude, fucking, he's an NPC, fucking finger beat. Yeah. Oh, like, I know who you're talking. Hell yeah. Ape Drums, Ape Drums has like a MIDI, like uh, like a 40 key. I forget what they call it. Like a uh, it's a MIDI controller. Yeah, there's a name for it. Oh, I can't fucking think of it. But he, <laughs> you just gotta look it up. I can't even describe what this guy does. He's like a fucking alien. Dude, those some of those finger play like yo appreciate that your boy Kenny played not one but two NPCs on stage with a wall live loop and doing beats and doing all types. Wait, of really? Shit what in are real you, time? What, what do you use? I was I, I was using uh, the Akai the NPC one thousands which they discontinued in like nineteen ninety six. I was gonna say even doper. What are they up to now? Like the four? No, 4, no, now now they're just there's a new NPC, uh, but the problem was is that they're all USB to computer, right? Mm. So you have to have a computer. And Akai approached me because they saw that I play NPCs and like, yo, we want to give you some of these things, but you got to use laptops. Oh, and if you want two NPCs, you got to have two laptops. I'm like, yo, I already have two laptops. You want me to have four laptops? I'm like, you're out of your mind. So I just kept doing the NPC 1000 classic. Dave, some of the Dave, best music you've ever heard made on. Dave, the do you know what an NPC is? <laughs> 
I don't know what fucking ninety percent of the words. Dave, you guys you'd know it if you saw it. If you if you Google it right now, you'll be like, oh, that's what it's, it's called. It's it's the big square like gray machine that yeah. has little little pads on it that yeah, people yeah, yeah, make yeah. beats with. I want an NPC so bad just to see how bad I would be at it because I love hip hop producers so much. I think of Jay Dylan, I think of Kanye, and I think all these. I'm gonna people. go super geek here. The NPC's groove pattern that it does, because it is MIDI, right? So it's like technically kind of on a grid, but it has this loose vibe that it does. It's such a classic feel that in Pro Tools, when you quantize, there's an option I was just for NPC 10%, 50 and 100% because it's so classic. So a lot of times I would do, you take these pads and you put a kick here, a snare there, and a hi-hat there. I play the beat and it auto-quantizes to the NPC thing and then I bounce it out to Pro Tools and now your beat's got this pocket. We forget the fact that Kenny's a fucking idiot, but he's a goddamn genius when it comes electric to electric shit, man. That's what I. Oh do. my god! Like what? I will, dude. Just for an example, like being in the studio with Kenny, I was like, this guy's a fucking alien, like an alien. And then he would look at me and say some shit, and I'd be like, oh, he, he's kind of dumb too. That's what you get Perfect. when you get an Asian pothead producer. You know what I mean, <laughs> it's just like electronic tools, weed, and fucking jokes. Dude, great, great, great shit. Uh, no, Dave. You guys will, you guys will. So I went to um, Detroit a few weeks ago and I oh, went yeah. to Eminem's restaurant. Yeah. That he's doing. The, uh, I got the video coming out on Barstool this week, but he has this whole merch fucking like trailer above the little pop up restaurant. And he's got all this like crazy shit from. He must just have a museum in his house where he's kept literally everything through his career. He had a few of the things in this merch trailer. One of them was a custom MPC that they made for him. And it's red and white and gray. And it says like shady on it. And um, it's so fucking sick. And the kid that like gave me the tour is like his like little right hand fucking guy. And I was like, yo, is it, did he actually use this? He's like, yeah, I remember. Do you remember that phase where Eminem was producing like for fucking everybody and uh -huh. he actually was knocking out like dope beats. Like remember that Tupac and Biggie song that came out? Wait, Ryan? what? He, yeah, he did that? Yeah, dude. Shut he did the fuck from, up. Yeah, he did a lot of great beats for like a lot of great artists other than himself. But he, I didn't know that. He, he used this fucking uh MPC for it and that was on display. I was like geeking out over it. It was so sick. Dude, what? Dude, he I had just learned custom everything though, dude. He had custom like Carhartt, Jordan. The Jordans, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he had that fucking uh, Superman costume from the music video. Oh, the, the, um, with Dr. Dre, where he was like, oh no, you're talking about the, the, uh, the real Slim Shady video. And then yes. he had the Batman and Robin ones he did yes. with fucking, oh yeah, wow. Dave. Did all that shit. Shouts out to Dave, too, for getting fresh Jordans. I, I hit him up on, instagram today dave's got the fresh jordans you also that was the thing i thought was funny on the video of you playing live somebody commented it was like jordans are too big for him i was like what the fuck are you talking about i was like i thought those jordans looked amazing people suck dude people do suck dave you look befuddled no i mean that mpc p3 <laughs> fuck uh this would be I, like i was just i was i was learning i was absorbed this would be like if Kenny was on a podcast with you and Carabas and you guys are going back and forth about war and fucking all this shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, wins above yeah. replacement, and he's like, yeah, what's his uh, OPS? Like, they, Kenny's like, I know what an NPC is. You know what I mean? Like, I love yeah, yeah, when we yeah. start talking different languages. This is awesome. I love this shit. Goddamn, Kenny. Good pick. You're good at something. Dante, round <laughs> us out. What's off your list? Hangovers. Yes.
Dude, Man. we were hungover as fucking balls driving to Sydney's on Saturday. Dude, we were leaving back till like four in the morning. I and I was dude, we took, all out the door by 8 a.m. Dude, we took that Uber home together and Ryan was, I think, even more fucked up than you were. <laughs> I remember I remember getting out of the Uber being like, there's no way those two are going hunting tomorrow. But you did. You texted me at like 10 a.m. You were like, yo, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I, I can't I can't text. I'm, I was, uh, dude, literally, we were at breakfast and Erica looked at me and said, wait, are, is Dave going hunting today? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, dude. And I was like, I, I, I was at breakfast, like literally like staring at my cup of coffee, like shaking. And I was like, yo, this motherfucker's got to shoot something today. Like, let me run, let me run this down for you. So I, <laughs> I had to go to Nashville on Thursday, the night before this thing. And it was like a, like a fucking business trip. I had to like look at some spots and meet with some fucking people. And my business partner invites some of our staff down there that have never been there. Cause we're opening this country spot with Chase Rice. Yeah. And it was kind of like recon. So we take them out to Broadway at like three in the afternoon on a Thursday. It's like, feels like a fucking Saturday yep. night. Everywhere's slammed. Dude, by the way, Shout out to these fucking groups that play in these bars. On Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Nashville. It yep. is like insane how some, I saw so many fucking people that I was like, how are these people not famous? Dude. The talent there is insane. Yo, the kid who runs Barstool Nashville that like, I don't know if it's like a viceroy program or whatever. His name's Addison always hits us up. Cause he wants to come on and do a green room pick so bad. Uh, he's a fucking Broadway musician. He's going to come on. We're going to, we're going to have him on. You know what? We'll have him on for the next green room picks. He's cool. a good dude. He's a really good dude. He runs that page and he hit yeah, me. Yeah. He, I've, I've noticed randomly that he he's retweeted a lot of our shit. I've never said a word to him. I don't he think. always, cause he's like, he he's like gung ho on the idea of what we're doing. And I was like, you're right. It's a, great, it's a great idea. He's yeah, a good, yeah. he's a good dude, but he plays on Broadway. So he'll always text me and be like, Oh, I just got off stage at Rippies or something like that. Oh, Dude. man, I wish uh, I knew. I would have uh, seen if he was playing. I would have went and saw him. But anyways, we fucking got after it. it was out till like 11 o'clock. Finally, I was like, yo, I need to I need to go to bed. I'm flying to Chicago at 6 a.m. because we're doing the Andrew Barber interview at 11 with you. I get to the airport, delayed. I'm sitting there for three hours. You know when you're hungover sitting at the airport? Oh, and you're just it like, was like 10 hours. Dude, you're sucking down $8 fucking smart waters. Yep. And I get on the plane. I'm fucking shaking. I land. <laughs> I can't, I go to the studio, meet with you guys. I don't know. Thank God you guys carried that interview because I was in bad shape. <laughs> and then we fine. had to go redo it all over again at fucking Bourbon Street. <gasps> oh, my God. So so just say, I was useless all weekend because I was hungover as fuck. Yeah, I, I was laughing because like me and Eric were like, because we had to drop, we had to drive the gear back to Philly, and like uh, he was like, "Yo, didn't Dante want to do like lunch or dinner or something like that?" And I was like, <laughs> "That motherfucker is not alive right now." I was like, "Don't even sweat it, bro. Let's get on the fucking road, dude." That if I so when I killed the deer, I was out of tags, so I couldn't, I could have gone, but I couldn't have even possessed a firearm, and uh, so I got it the first night. I slept until like nine thirty, and I never sleep in that late. Yeah, you're an early and, riser. But Ryan, but Ryan had to wake up again, and he did the same, like, tour that we did. So he was up at 4.30 again the next day. I was like, how in the fuck did you do that? We were on, like, two hours of sleep in 48 hours, him and I were. Content game never sleeps, dog. Content game never sleeps. Fucking, uh, Dante, I never told you this. Uh, I told Dave this, I think. Uh, speaking of hangovers, when we were in Tampa... 
uh, when we went back to the hotel that night, I fucking threw up, dude. Like I was, <laughs> I was fucking on one. Uh, and I woke up the next morning. You were already gone. I went to the airport, dude. I tried to eat Chick Fil A, and I was just like foaming from the mouth. Like I was at the Chick Fil A, got the Chick Fil A. I sat down by myself with my headphones in and tried to eat a nugget. My hands were shaking. I took one bite and I like literally, I just threw it out. I was out. I fucking do this, dude. Uh, oh no, come on. Come on, don't do this to me now. Everything's going down. Hold on. Hello, 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 hello. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just different. It's fine though. Is it better now? Yeah, yeah, now it is. All right, cool. I punched the table and it, uh, uh, nah, but yeah, hangovers. Fuck that shit. I totally agree, Dante. Uh, miserable. I can't believe Dave went hunting. That's unbelievable. But uh, let's wrap this up. Let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to. My pick this week, just to shove it up, Kenny Carquitas. Uh, I picked Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. Great song. Amazing song. Really well great, written. Sure. Sure. Yeah, great song. Amazing song. One of the, one of the best songs of 2021. Now you're fucking with, no, I'm not. with fire, man. It's really good. It's really good. I, it, no, I, it's really good. I keep agreeing with you on that part. There's nothing that I'm more excited for than the list that we wind up doing of our top picks of 2021. I'm excited for that. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be you fun. You know what won't be on mine? Anything good. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> bitch. You know me. Suck my jaw. Uh, Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? I'm, like, having a a, a brain cramp on <laughs> this, and I think it might have been Kenny when I was fucked up. But I could also be way wrong there. I forget where I stumbled upon this song. Uh, it's, the band is called Future Pace, and it's oh. the song is called Unstoppable. It's an alt rock band, Kenny. So I was meaning to send them to you if it wasn't you, but uh, I played them and they're really fucking good. I think they All got right. forty five monthly listeners on Spotify right Four, now. So 45, 45? 45, like the number forty five. Wow. Yeah. What's the name of them again? Future Pace. One word. Oh, yo, Future Pace. I didn't hear you say Future Pace. That's, um, it's, a, it's funny. It's a guy. I have beats up on a, on a, a website called beatstars.com where you could download all my shit. Uh, and some guy liked my stuff so much that he asked me to start making custom beats for him. And so it's a guy I've never met before in Vegas, the nicest guy in the whole world, got a great flow to him. And I just been making beats with him for like the last two years. That's awesome. So it's yeah. Future Pace? They're, they're fucking good. Yeah. I like them. So, yeah. so you like Kenny's music? Yeah, bitch. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Damn. Shady. Like, only one song even has, like, registered plays, and it's got 2,000. Yeah, right, yeah, because- yeah. It's a very small, small guy. He's, like, he's a dad of three who's just, like, oh, raps sick. on the just side and needed some beats, and so I just started making him beats, but he has, like, his shit played at, like, Sacramento Kings games and all types nice. of weird shit. Oh, yeah, That's good cool. shit. All right, the yeah, big time good. shout out to Future Peace. Kenny, get him on the podcast. Don't tell me what to do, bitch. But okay. All right, I'll ask, please. Uh, Kenny, what the fuck have you been listening to? Uh, I don't think, I think this one's a little bit of an older one, but I just had my, you know, made for Kenny Carkeet by Spotify playlist going and Juggernaut by Tyler, the creator featuring Pharrell and Lil Uzi Vert came on and I almost drove my fucking car off a cliff, dude. Holy Telling shit. You, that one of the heaviest fucking songs on earth. Oh my that God. Re- that album is so good. It's, it's too, so, it's too, it's, it's, we don't deserve it. No, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, out of all the good hip hop albums that dropped in 2021, that one stayed with me the longest. That's what I'm saying. One of the best songs of 2021. 
Shouts out Uzi. Shouts out Philly. Got me high as fuck one time by accident at the Fillmore. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dante, round us out, bro. What have you been listening to? Muted. Sorry, I was muted. You're good. Um, I heard this song either last week or the week before, Driving. Um, never heard of this guy. I don't know if he has anything else, but uh song is really fucking good, and it grew on me. It's called Two Moons by Boy With Uke. One Ooh, word. I, I don't know. It's all, all it's kind of uh kind of got like a hip hop feel to it, but Ooh. it's definitely like an indie alt rock track. Hell yeah. Um the DJ on Alt Nation, not not Madison, it was the guy. Reagan? Yeah, was really big on the kids. Said that he's doing a uh all nation like studio fucking spot coming up. So I got that. Beautiful. But yeah, good track. I'm going to keep my eyes out for this guy. I appreciate the breaking new artists on here, boys. I like that shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, All right. That's going to round us out for this week. We'll be back with Green Room Picks later this week. Got some great interviews coming up. We have Group Love coming up. Group Love is going to be on. Uh, Kenny's friends. We'll be talking to them later this week. Uh, Big shout out to Andrew Barber. I mean, realistically, man, coming through our first in-person interview, it was cool as hell. Great interview. So happy he was there. I want to thank uh, the Weisher family and fucking Wishfest for a great time. Glad we got to recap that today. I want to thank our two Chicago boys here for the hospitality this week. I want to thank my band for dragging their ass out to Chicago, playing a great show. I'm excited. There's a lot going on. A lot of great interviews coming up. Big things happening for the podcast. And uh, let's all try and recover from the weekend and fucking move on with our lives, huh? Yes, sir. Hey. Dave's looking at me like he's got fucking six heads right now. This guy has a bloodlust. He can't think about anything other than murder at this point. It's true. It is true. I know. It's scary. Fifteen feral hogs out of a helicopter in February. <laughs> That's oh, actually true. Wait, are you really doing that? Yeah. Hell yeah. It's so tight. Fucking All right. So- AR, dude. Like, I'm a goddamn, like, in You're a- Rambo, dog. Dude, I, I'm so excited. I just assume at this point that Dave's run at the podcast will be over in February because he will be dead. Because this motherfucker's going for shooting on the ground, shooting an AR out of a fucking helicopter. Uh, tell the world my story. Kenny, you should fly the helicopter. Yo, there we go. That's a great idea. That no, would it's, be unfucking believable. Press. Kenny's got a fat ass joint hanging out of his mouth, just whipping a helicopter with Dave shooting an AR There's out CCR of it. CCR plan. <laughs> yeah, like fucking Apocalypse Now style. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just be hel- in the... Are helicopters easy to fly or something? I'm, I started watching Yellowstone, and I'm like, can fucking normal people just buy <laughs> Everybody just flies a helicopter. Around? I mean, yeah, man. If people can drive motorcycles and all types of shit. Like, it's... it's if, I always told people when I got my pilot's license, flying the plane's easy. It's the schoolwork that's the real hard shit. <laughs> wow. Honestly, okay. it's like it's like anything else. You know what I mean? You drive something. People who are really good at four wheeling and people who are good. You Dude, know. one of my best friends. He just moved back. He just did ten years in the military. He was like a pretty decorated pilot. Um, Dante, you'll meet him in eventually. But uh, he's like the dumbest kid I know. <laughs> simultaneously being very smart, but the biggest idiot on the planet. If he can do it, literally anybody can. Look, I don't even I don't even trust myself driving a car half the time, so I'm going to let somebody else drive the plane. Uh, just not Kenny. Anybody but Kenny. <laughs> Anybody but Kenny. You're lost, bitch. I know, I know. You'd be doing barrel rolls just to fuck with me. Uh, all right, so that's this week's episode. Uh, gentlemen, anything else you got for me today? Nope. Peace. Didn't think so. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you later this week. Have a good one. Fuck you guys.